0: The Money Show with Bruce Whitfield is brought to you by ABSA CIB. Best bank in trade finance and cash management in Africa. ABSA is a registered FSP. 702. Bruce is on The Money Show. Meryl Peck, Portfolio Manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group, is with us on the line to us from Cape Town. Um, Some very good results and then some really tough results. Let's get the tough one out of the way. We'll talk to Chris Skitter, Chief Executive of Astral Foods after Eyewitness News at 7 o'clock, Meryl. But, I mean, of all of the updates and results out today, certainly Astral Foods has taken the biggest blow from multiple state failures. They're certainly blaming that as the, core, uh, as the reason why their profits are down by nearly
1: 90%. Good evening, Bruce, and good evening to your listeners. Um, yes, reading the, the astral results certainly makes for um, tough reading, and um, I think they are particularly impacted by load shedding. Um, but also by, you know, food inflation, uh, feed inflation, rather, um, which is related to energy prices, fertilizer prices, etc. So, um, I think of all the results that were released today, um, there is a common thread about the load shedding expense um, going up six, sevenfold versus um, the first half of last year, uh, or whatever the compar- comparable period was. But in the case of Astral, I mean nearly a billion on um load chilling costs. And I think um, this does highlight the the food inflation impact of load chilling in combination with a uh, weaker uh, rand. You know, one can now understand why food inflation remains sticky and you can see the knock on impact Yes, load shedding is convenient, inconvenient, but it actually is having a material impact on
0: food prices. Yeah, it's coming through thick and fast. It comes through in Premier Foods, it comes through in all of the food companies, but Astral Foods is taking a really, really rough blow from uh, load shedding. I suppose the antithesis of that is Netcare, although they're spending a small fortune on diesel. They've been preparing for this sort of meltdown since, they say, 2013 or 2014, 2013 when they started, um, sort of putting in alternatives? Because, you know, again, you've got to be able to read, I suppose, somehow read the future when it comes to ensuring yourself a- against um, the failure of infrastructure. Absolutely. Um, I think
1: hospital margins are, are probably somewhat healthier and more consistent um, than poultry margins. So having the, um, the cash flow um, at your disposal to invest is another another thing. But certainly net care has been particularly proactive. It's quite encouraging to see a recovery um, and a normalization in occupancy levels post-COVID. Back in 2020, we did some work to look at pandemics and generally how long do they last? And since the Second World War, we haven't had a pandemic that lasted for more than two years. Um, And in high, yes, at the time it felt like COVID would last forever, um, but actually it fell within that time frame, and we are now in 2023, um, seeing a normalization of hospital margins, um, hospital occupancies, although with um, margins still somewhat under pressure because of um, higher inflation and uh, particularly on pressure on on less wages but it certainly is encouraging just to see the normalization of one of the sectors that ironically were hard tipped during a health crisis. I think the other lesson there is probably that as I mentioned at some point it felt like COVID would last forever <laughs> um, and we would never get out of it so perhaps the lesson is right now load shedding feels like Lost
0: forever. Uh, it has. Um, the trouble is, this load shedding is 15 years old, and while COVID is weakened, slowed. I mean, the, the power grid is weakening too, unfortunately. That has the opposite effect. But you're absolutely right, because at some point, uh, there's a fabulous line, this too shall pass. But this is, feels like mm. a kidney stone passing, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's I think a the solve would be painful. that corporate South Africa is taking yeah. matters into their
1: own hands.
0: No, but exactly right. That's what Richard Friedman's telling us, and I'm sure Chris Skitter will, 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 must be doing the same sort of thing. So with famous brands, um, its franchisees having to spend a fortune on generators. But there's a recovery coming through in famous brands. There's a recovery coming through in Ad Corp. I think Baldwin's trading update was was welcomed today as well. Um, there are some, some really positive coping stories coming through in lots of trading updates at the moment.
1: Yes, I agree. I think the level of earnings growth that we're seeing is encouraging. There are some base effects. You know, we this is probably um, for for those who are reporting four years. It's, it's in some cases the first um, four year without too much COVID in, in the numbers, but there is still a little bit of that base effect. Um, but I think it it speaks to the resilience of South African companies. Many of them have um, significantly de-geared or cut costs, those costs have not necessarily crept back up as revenues have returned. Um, And uh, consumer you know, the spend is moving around I suppose, depending on the reaction to low shedding, it is having an impact on um, consumer behavior as is continued hybrid work. So, um, you know, different segments would be impacted um, differently. But if, let's say there are some positive earnings and um, returns to be made if one selects
0: carefully. And that is encouraging. Um, little less encouraging is prospects for a rate hike this week. We 25 basis mm. points is definite. Market seems to be looking at a 50 basis points as more than just a vague possibility.
1: Absolutely. I think what we've seen in the last week or two with the RAND um, going out even further than it already had here to date Um The swap certainly is under some pressure. Yes, it's not responsible for the RAND directly, but um, the RAND does have a knock-on effect on inflation. Um, As we've discussed, the load-shedding impact on the likes of food inflation um, is most likely to stay for several more months. So um, whether it's 25, whether it's 50, the point is it's going up, and that will continue to be a negative scheme for at least the next six months um, on the consumer spend on consumer wallets.
0: Yeah, and just for the banks, yeah, um, but negative for direct consumer facing shares, uh, and just lots of international commentary talking about global inflation saying, you know, don't, don't get excited. Inflation is, you know, maybe coming under control in many places like the United States and others, but don't expect it to fall. It's not this isn't a return back to your two percent target in North America or the UK anytime soon, and that's a, a reality with which I think we've still got to get. Into our mind space, that you know, that we are in a high inflation for longer environment
1: absolutely. I think energy markets are still quite fragile and energy costs being um, quite a significant um, cost um, but also stru- structurally, there are just a few um, drivers at play, for example, deglobalization, you know the world um, manufacturing uh, center of china being you know in a, in a ongoing tensions with the u.s so the fracturing of that um, globalization and the efficiency that is brought um, that in itself is, is inflationary along with many other things such as aging working population so um, structurally the world is facing headwinds when it comes to bringing
0: inflation under control Thank you, Merrill Peck, who's a portfolio manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group on the line to us this evening from Cape Town. The money show with Bruce Whitfield was brought to you by APSA CIB. With their continued determination and unrivaled expertise, APSA CIB will continue contributing to the growth of their clients' businesses. APSA is a registered FSP.